When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. That cold case you're listening to? Nasty stuff. But you know what else is a crime? Missing even a moment of whatever you're doing to go on a drink run. Luckily, there's Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery. With Drizzly, you can compare prices on the biggest selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered in under 60 minutes. So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com today. Y'all, dead bud, rat pod, sheltering in place even harder now. They came out with like a harder shelter in place today where you can't even like, you can't even get recreational weed anymore. That's where we're at. Um, (laughs) (laughs) My name is Demo Carter, a.k.a. Dim One. I am joined on the party line by Mr. Dave Ma. Hey, what's up, guys? I'm um, standing six feet away from my speakerphone. <laughs> nice. Nice. Just uh, the thing from Siri. Uh, and then also on the line, we have Mr. I just spent umpteen hours um, working, working, Nate LeBlanc. What's up, everybody? Uh, working from home, no joke today, but that's all right. Feeling, feeling <laughs> lucky, still feeling grateful. Right on. Well, it's good to yes, talk sir. to you guys. Yeah, man. It feels like it's, uh, Nate has been kind of like, not kind of like completely holding down, uh, the podcast from his, uh, Dick Cheney bunker. Right. Um, right. We're in, barely getting in the North San Jose. <laughs> right. Like, uh, me and Dave have been patched in. You guys have probably heard, um, little vignettes with me or Dave, but now it's good. Everybody. The gang's back together virtually. Um, virtually. Are you guys getting like weird? Um, I say they're weird, but are you getting requests from your friends to like hang out on Zoom? 
Is that like a, has that hit your world yet? It's actually funny you mention it. I I had not done it at all, but I did it with Dave and his lovely partner Lisa <laughs> yesterday, and it was really fun. Right, right. That was like the first and only time for me. So, pop my cherry, guys. Were you guys drinking? A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I had like a. Yeah, it's a thing. We had a half I, bottle of wine from like a hotel room. Like you know, they sometimes they give you wine when you check in from like my wife's birthday. Sure. So I was making linguine and cracked that, and we we talked for like I don't know twenty twenty five minutes, and then it was like okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was perfect. It was in awesome. And out, though. In and out. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I don't know what the equivalent to a French exit is, but you just hit the the power button. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That's dope. That's but, dope. Yeah, All right. Well, otherwise, otherwise, you know, just chilling, listening to the news, um, get, getting pranked by uh, Chuck and Public Enemy, yeah? So what was, yeah, what was the prank? I'm, I'm somehow out of the loop on this. Well, I guess it, it was, what it was is like, you know, the whole flavor, 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 getting kicked out of Public Enemy and all that uh, regarding the Bernie. Um, right. Yeah, so... I guess all that was fake. It was just to roll out their new album. I don't believe that it was Fucking fake. Really? I don't believe it was fake. I think they're saying it was fake now because they have since made up. Mm. Okay. Okay. That's wow. tiresome that's and very unchuck. It's very yeah. unchuck. I mean, the, the noblest of characters, and I feel like they kind of hijacked uh, Bernie's rally as well. Um, I just, I don't know. They, they put out a letter. They put out an e- a full email today. Um, saying that it was a prank, and it was just like, I don't know, man. Oh, I didn't even think about the fact that it's April Fool's Day. Right, right. So is the saying it's a prank a prank? Who knows, dude? Who knows? So that, that 4 120 is a joke? <laughs> Got an email from Chuck. I opened it. I'm the sucker. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Oh, that's funny. Miss you, Dave. Um, <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh, okay, so PE is back together. First, the fat boys break up, and then PE is back together. That's great. Um, wow. Okay. That's a part of the news cycle that I, I kind of uh, missed out on. But silly. It feels a little silly, silly and a little thin. It, right. I'm not I'm buying I just... these stories necessarily, but whatever. Yeah, we have bigger problems right now. Yeah, totally, totally, and that's the thing. Everything seems uh, magnified, and it's like so. Everything is kind of in, insignificant, dude. I don't know. Not to get on that tip. Yeah, no, it's 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 hard. I'm like, people are talking about different records and release dates, and um, even even the beat battles. I'm I'm struggling. I'm struggling to get into it. I'm, I'm sure I'm like missing out on really cool stuff, but I'm like. I'm struggling a little bit to get excited. Like I know there was Manny Fresh versus Scott Storch tonight. Right. Um, Some of my non-hip-hop head friends messaged me about it, and I was like, I'm listening to this stupid city council meeting in one ear. I can't put a beat battle in the other ear. I can just follow it on Twitter. You should, dude. It's, my problem Sam Ricardo versus that... Manny Fresh? <laughs> Come on. My problem is that they're not good TV. Like it's just a dude sitting there clicking computer, you know right? What I mean? right. Like, and, and shouting out at icons that scroll up. Right, that's like not good TV to me. Like, there's so much good TV. Like, I could just rewatch The Wire for the fourth time. It's like going to be so much better than watching Scott Storch press play. You know what I mean? Right. Huh. 
Okay. I'm so glad that, to see so people it, excited. It's basically, though. it's boring. Yeah, it's visually <laughs> incredibly boring. Okay. Huh. I kind of knew I wasn't missing a lot in the sense that um, I think the beat battles or even the DJ battle without a bunch of people in the room, that's what gives you the kind of visual, right? When it's like right. you're like counting, everybody's Instagram jumping around votes. and. Yeah. Rather than yeah, crowd the, noise. The, it's just it's just not that exciting. If people are into it, I'm stoked for them. I'm glad for anyone to have a distraction right now. And it is cool to like true that. see how they kind of come together. Like everything happens live. It's just like, oh, it, it was gonna be T Pain versus Scott Storch, but then they like the, the commission or whatever who's putting these together just the people themselves are just like, Oh, that's not fair, a songwriter versus a producer, like Right. So he so uh T Pain is gonna battle Little John on Saturday night. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that's that's what I hear in in the, the battle for uh for the South. That's gonna be yeah, that's gonna be but see here's the thing. If if that was in a club or somewhere, like, you know, back in the old world, um that would be incredibly fucking interesting. It's like we're we're only getting these things because everybody is trapped at their house. Totally. Which is kinda of, right. I would not want to be in yeah. a club where Little John played all of his hits in a row. Like that would be the <laughs> highest aggression levels you could possibly be like, imagine. I have to go go in there with um a shoulder pads on. <laughs> yeah. That could uh that could that could get it could get crunk in there. Um yeah. so neither of you watch the the D nice. It's funny to me that it's really D nice who ushered in the era of the shelter in place DJ set. Yes, wild. yes. Yeah, uh, it's amazing. Just, yeah, we were, we talked about it last time. Just to check the, the number, on the, the first Saturday night where it was getting really crazy, it was like, oh, he's got 100,000. Oh, he's got 150,000. Like, just to watch the number climb and see who some of the famous right, right. people were. I checked it out real quick. It's cool. Well, and then Oprah Obama pulled up. Like... <laughs> Whoever holds Oprah's phone like... pulled up. <laughs> yeah, just pulled up like, you know, I'm I'm in here. Um yeah, I was again, I've seen none of this. I'm really I'm I'm really struggling with um with the distraction entertainment economy right now. Yeah. I just I kind of feel like uh, yeah, guys, it's cool. Yeah, I'm glad I'm glad you guys are having a ball. I'm going to drink this glass of wine and stare out the window. Um while listening to a little bit of Conway um, which actually <laughs> oh, that man. I do I care love, about. Love and yeah. EP. Uh, let's all note for the record that Dave talked to Conway and Alchemist uh, this week, <laughs> and it was probably the second best conversation he's had. Right? Right? Uh, yes. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Better to talk to us. <laughs> nice. Nice. No, that was really Gosh. fun. It was really yeah. fun. You know, uh, I you automatically think you're going to be intimidated intimidated by Conway, yet he's the nicest guy. Um, you're afraid Alchemist is going to give you one-word answers, but he elaborated. It right. was great. Yeah, man, it was great. Oh, that's and the, dope, man. And the, and the EP itself, man, was lovely. So The Alchemist is on this run, man. I swear, I feel like you could throw Pee Wee Herman over Alchemist beats right now, and it would, just, <laughs> it would, it would win. Totally. Um, yeah. So I, yeah, I, I've only, I've only ran through it once. Um, the, what, I'm sorry, what is the name of the new record? Lulu. 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 
Yes, sir. Like Lululemon? <laughs> <laughs> what is this? I, I don't know why they call it that, but that's super funny. I hadn't thought of that before. That's hilarious. Wow. He's going for the the, uh, the yoga mom set who's at home right now. <laughs> um, yeah, I, 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 I ran it. Um, I ran it all the way through, uh, or actually today. Um, and I was like, yeah, you know, it's, I think what Conway brings, um, to me, he's kind of like, if you're on the, the spectrum of Griselda, he sits for me in between Benny the Butcher and West Side Gun. Like he's, he's got a kind of a, a more, um, I don't know what you want to say, rapier thing than yes. Benny, but he's also, he's also a little bit, um, a little bit, uh, I don't know, more grounded than West Side Gun. He's not just screaming like right. random modern artists and stuff. Um, so yeah, I find, I'm always fine that in the Griselda records when his voice would come on, I'd be like, oh, okay, this is, this is dope. This is kind of refreshing. So yeah, yeah. It, was, it was, it was a cool record. No, it was a cool record. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he's ferocious. Benny is, is uh, to me, I think he's the best writer, but Conway is the most ferocious one. And, uh, you know, Westside in in, uh, in small parts, he's, he's cool. I mean, I can't have him shrieking, all, <laughs> shrieking in, in my ear the whole time. But Yeah, I kind of you know, say Conway's the best rapper, Benny's the best writer, Westside Gun is the yeah. most charismatic. Yeah, that's a good way okay. to put it. Okay, that's a good way to put it. Most personality. And I do sure. think we, we texted about this a little bit, and I know we're supposed to save it for the pod, but I was just taking my one daily walk when I get out of the house and listening to the record, and um, I, I think West Side Gun in particular was missed a little bit, especially on some of the hooks on the this EP yes. or album or whatever mm. you're going to call it. Like, yes. Benny's hooks are so grounded. It's just more like an extension of the verse that gets repeated a couple of times, and then he goes right back into it and uses it to set up. The right, next thing right. and with with the conway i was like oh, this this is kind of reminding me of like a your old droog and some of the like crime apple and some of the other like amazing rappers who it's like i don't need a hook like just give me right. two verses give me a loop yeah. like having having to construct these as normal songs is kind of detrimental to my enjoyment and my replay value of them because the, the hooks weren't really that well done i didn't think so other than that, I think yeah, it's a really strong it, project. Yeah, that, that's I, a great a great analogy because um, yeah, the first couple and I listened to because I listened to the new Crime Apple today, and he got the hook memo. He got mm. it. <laughs> like like he's he's doing a little uh, kind of sing vocalizing stuff to shit he wasn't doing a couple years ago, and really you could tell uh, somebody got in his ear or he just came to the realization that in order to make these projects kind of stand out and have re-listen value and, and, and be more than just kind of a streaming mixtape feel, you, you right. gotta have some memorable hooks. Right. And so, um, the new, the new crime apple record, uh, which is called something with the Jaguar. I'm totally spacing right now, but, um, I listened to it today. I will say this. It's early. It's very early. But I liked it better than his mugs joint. Oh wow! Oh. Okay, I'm gonna put yeah. that on after this conversation. Yeah, I, I well, uh, check, it, check it out. Listen to about I, half I, of it. I, I, I didn't love that me. one. Yeah. Well, you know, I didn't uh, love the 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 mugs album. So I mean, it's not like that's a high bar for me. 
I just think the the was it Medellin joint. I, yeah. I just I, it didn't hit for me. Mugs did great records that year, but the Crown Apple one didn't hit for me. But I felt like this one, he sat down, had cool songs, some ideas. He did some of the story rap. And then he got back, when I got back to, but inserted from like, oh, you're trying to do choruses and like songs now. So, um, yeah, I would definitely recommend folks checking that out. Right on, dude. Right on. Well, we got um, for, for uh, on this week's program, we got uh, SD Knack. Um, mm. He has a new project out as well. Um, Nate got him on the phone, so I'm looking forward to peeping that one, as yeah, well as um, I think people Spectacular who, Diagnostics. I think people who are into the kind of street rap, like Ito, Crime Apple, mm-hmm. like that whole wave of like younger artists who Muggs kind of worked with last year, should be listening to SD Knack. Um, he shouted out, Muggs shouted out SD Knack at a in an interview he did as one of the younger cats that he's fucking with. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Okay. It's a little bit off the beaten path of things that we have normally covered, but um, I was happy to talk to him and he's turned out to be a super interesting guy. Um, I'm kind of tired as I'm sure you guys can hear in my voice. I don't know how much editing I'm going to do of these conversations. They might, I might just kind of let them fly, but there's a part where you like, Kind of like yells at his kids in Spanish, and like he's just like a cool, nice. was a cool you gotta guy. leave that son. He put he paused yeah. our interview and pushed it back a little bit because he was making dinner. And then because we follow him on Twitter, I was like, "Oh, looks like dinner's ready. I'm gonna call him back." It was just a funny, <laughs> a funny like little podcast moment. But yeah, and then uh, <laughs> the spectacular diagnostics. Um, he's a producer from chicago who's actually um a friend and contemporary of our buddy albert jenkins who composed our theme music and is our good buddy and he did an album with woods and quelle chris and a bunch of uh, vic spencer and a bunch of different mcs who are kind of like we're fans of so that kind of put him on our radar Mm -hmm. and a really nice guy um i think it's a it's a pretty solid interview as well He's, he's got an interesting story and he's got that uh that reedy Chicago accent that we have now oh. had on twice. Um, Cause when I said reedy, I meant the vocal tone, not Jack reedy, but he had it too. Yeah. I was um, like, really? Right, we got another right. yeah, they actually sound quite similar. So I was kind of tripping off that. That's just like inside baseball. Super fans of the pod will recognize kind of shit. But anyway, that's, oh. that's the show today. But um, I wanted to switch gears a little bit. We mentioned Dave's big accomplishment this week. Uh, Damone, you rapped on NPR in a right, story right, that right. had nothing to do with rapping. Like, tell us about it. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, t- tiny desk, here I come. Um, no, I, uh, so as I mentioned, I think on, on a previous episode recently, uh, I worked for an organization called Sacred Heart Community Service in San Jose. Uh, anti-poverty work is what I do in my day job life, and um, which has gotten much crazier in light of everything that's going on. And so um, I am the media communications guy. So, you know, I've done some local television interviews in the past couple of weeks, uh, but then somebody came and grabbed me and was like, hey, NPR is in the parking lot. And I'm like, what do you mean NPR is in the parking lot? Like, it's a dude from NPR. And so I'm like, oh, shit, this is, this is not just uh, NBC 11 right now. Let me kind of... <laughs> you know, straighten up and walk out there, see what's going on. So I go out there and it's, it's a guy, um, um, forgetting his last name, John, he's a reporter. And so he's got the whole NPR rig, which is like 
this backpack uh, of a mic on like a six foot pole with a really fuzzy thing on it. Um, and like just a bunch of like gadgets. It almost looks like he's like looking for uh, gold on the beach or something. <laughs> like it has that feel of his whole rig, but it's a whole thing. Right. So he, I go out there, you know, I introduce myself. He's been going to different food banks and asking questions and this and that. So I'm doing the interviews like, yeah, I can talk a little bit about what you guys do. So I'm, I'm running through our talking points, mission statement, the whole bit. And I swear to you, I know it seems like I'm a complete ham and I am, but he asked me like, well, what did you do before this? And I was like, oh, I used to work in the arts. And he's like, oh, well, what do you do? I'm like, oh, I rap, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, well, can you do something? And in my <laughs> mind, my typical response to that is like, nah, you know, I'm not that's not what's going on right now. But the NPR mic was in front of me. And I, I just, I couldn't, I was like, you know what? All right, here's a couple, here's a couple bars. Come on. Before my boss comes, let's, let's do this. Uh, so, so yeah, I, I, I did a little something. He actually followed up with me afterwards and was texting me like, Hey, uh, I was looking at your stuff on YouTube. I like it. We might use it as a, like the you know the little music bumpers they yeah, do before totally. story, hell yeah. So I sent them a bunch of stuff. Um, they ended up not using it, which was not a big deal. But I also felt like they weren't going to use me just kind of rapping in the parking lot. Right, it really has nothing to do with the story. But he used it, and I was like, oh shit. And and That's I hilarious. literally told him, I'm like, so, I'm like, so do you know the Tiny Desk people? Like, how's that next to your desk or what? Uh, how does that work? Um, so no, it was, it was really cool. It was like getting to see, cause you know, I'm sure like a lot of our listeners, you've listened to a bunch of NPR stories, right? Um, All the time. And yes. I, I was amazed to find out they don't use like Foley stuff. Like when you hear them walking up the stairs and shit, like it seems in every NPR story, they're walking up the stairs and opening and closing a door. They really record that shit. Like he was yeah. in the parking lot getting the sounds he wanted for the thing. It was, it was kind of fascinating just from a technical um, aspect. And then to hear how they kind of, they definitely have a formula of how they cut up these stories and put them together and boom. That's dope, man. That is congrats. Dope. Next time, tell him you're a, used to be a rapper, but now you're a podcaster and that you want to plug <laughs> <What>? a podcast. <laughs> that goes without saying. Um, no. So he, in the in the in the in the piece, and I don't know if um, if at some point we should cut some of this up and put it in the pod. He talks about how my rap career has stalled because of the COVID crisis, and I'm like, dude, my rap uh, career stalled in like '96, bro. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this has nothing to do with COVID, but thank you. That's that sounds that sounds really cool. Like I was, re it was really happening before the fucking flu bucket. Um, <laughs> But yeah, yeah, it was it was a cool that it look. It's been a tough for everyone, I'm sure, but definitely in my professional life, it's been a tough ass three and a half weeks, and um, that is definitely the highlight of like just being able to to get my NPR um, kind of demystifying NPR thing together. So there you have it.
Dad Bod Rap Pod. Got the flyest guests. Got an MC who we booked to talk about one album. Has already put out another album since the that time came in a matter of weeks. We've got St. Knack on the line. St. How you doing? I'm at peace, my G. That's good to hear. You know? I know it's uh, turbulent times. Yes, sir. It's turbulent, but I'm Gucci. You know good what I'm to hear. Good to hear. Same. Um, so you're from Lynn, Massachusetts. Can you tell the people a yep. little bit about um, growing up there and what the hip hop scene was like there when you were coming up? Um, I mean, you know, when growing up, it was real in the street. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, ciphers outside. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, we had the record stores. Oh yeah, you know what I mean? Those little hangout spots. Mm-hmm. Um I you know, I frequented the uh, uh uh a record store called Central Sound. Okay. My, my my old lady had a business, um, a multi service business right in the downtown area. So it was like right next to the record store. So, you know, I spent time over there at Central Sound with, you know, Mike and Chuck. And um, you know, I just kick it there, man. I was taking in the culture. You know, I was, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a so-called Dominican, so um, I didn't, I didn't speak no English or nothing like that. Wow. Um, I never would so, have guessed from hearing you rhyme now that English is your second language. That's incredible. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, <laughs> I went to school. When I went to school, that's when I really started to, you know, when I enrolled in, like, grade school. Mm-hmm. So around that time, like, I mean, I knew English, but I just didn't speak it very well. Sure. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't very ingrained in the culture, American culture. You know what I'm saying? I was just getting, like, not, not even off the porch. You know what I'm saying? I'm, mm-hmm. you know, six, six, seven years old. You know, I've been a, I've been in grade school for probably about two or three years. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And this is around the time when I, you know, just got introduced to the culture. You know what I'm saying? Just being, just, you know, just being, a, going out away from my mom's lap. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. Oh, you know what I mean? So, my grandparents, you know what I'm saying? I, I head out and, um, you know, just learn the culture. You know what I mean? When I started going to school and, and things like that. So, you know, being, doing the hip hop thing is something that's natural to a lot of people. I mean, most people, most people rap, yeah, out here. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Well, I mean, I, I can't tell you right now in the street culture, but before everybody rap. You know what I'm saying? Everybody yeah. hopped in the cipher. Hey, part of so. I'm on favor. Llama a Diamond and dile que okay, está bien que llegó, está bien. Coño loco. Anyways, part of self. <laughs> no worries, no worries. Yo, so, so you know, so like everybody would hop in a cipher, whether they was rappers or not. You know what I mean? So. You know, this is a this was an environment for somebody to you know everybody here can freestyle. Okay, that's dope. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you remember a certain video or song that um, inspired you or you, like made you take notice of hip hop when you were younger? Um, Public Enemy. Okay. I used to fuck with Flavor Flav. You know what I'm saying? With mm-hmm. the clock and shit. You know, I was I was you know I was a kid. I, like I was real young, 
So, you know, when I saw Public Enemy, I naturally, I don't give a, you know, at that, at that time, I'm like not even acknowledging the message, none of that. Right. You know, I'm just seeing the nigga dancing around <laughs> with the fucking clock and making <laughs> all sorts of funny faces and shit. Yep. He's a character, for so, sure. So, um, you know, those guys always, like, I was always interested in that type of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, uh. And then later on, like, you know, Rakim, like, I didn't catch Rakim when he first came out. Like, it was, like, after, like, follow the leader type shit. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. When um, when the beats got real fast. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. But it was like that, like, it was like that, like, New Jack Swing era where, like, the hip-hop, the hardcore hip-hop was also real fast. You know what I yes, mean? Yes, absolutely. That's the best shit ever because he still had the conscious messages, but he was just going for broke. That whole Follow the Leader album is incredible. Yeah, I see. I, I I didn't listen to at that point. I wasn't so you know what I mean. I was real young, mm-hmm. so I would just you know I would just consume what I was given. You feel me? Mm-hmm. So you know I, I I would fuck with you know the music channel sometimes. When you know when my grandma wasn't around, I couldn't watch MTV or BT and all that shit back in the day. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Uh, you know, my old my my, my grand old Irv. I, you know, I, I was pretty much raised with my grandparents, and you know, my grand old Irv is Pentecostal type, skirt rocking Christian, bro. She was not having it, bro. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So you know. But when I get a little chance, I flip, you know, I used to flip, you know, six, seven years old, flip through the music channels and whatnot, you know, yeah. and I catch all that stuff. That's, you know, that's when I started getting into Tribe, uh, you know, uh, shit like that. Yeah. That was pretty much my introduction, introduction to hip hop. Those are the classics. Um, that's great. Um, so when did I you mean, start to... I mean, if you really to... want to, I mean, if, if, in reality, my introduction was kind of like the, like the, 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 like the, the softer stuff, like, like the, um... Um, what are these niggas? Uh, PM Dawn type shit. Like, you know what I mean? I, uh, yeah. I used to like, I used to like, like the the, the dancing. I like the dancing. The I have to say that surprises me, but I'm I'm actually glad to hear it. That's actually very interesting to me. Um, you gotta understand, bro. I'm Dominican, fam. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm from the Caribbean, bro. My family's from the Caribbean, son. Like, we like, you know? Yeah. And all all my family, you know, I got a big family. You know what I'm saying? We all from the Caribbean. Um. You know that's that's how we we you know we we are physical people. We dance, mm-hmm. we jump around. You know what I'm saying? We you know we like a good time, a good party. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So like, I really like the dance, the hip hop dance. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And yeah. then from there, I started. You know, I didn't really become like a a a, a, a listener of the message. You know what I mean? The lyrical aspects of the rap shit. You know what I mean? Until like Mob Deep. Okay. Um. The infamous, you yeah, feel me? Absolutely. But yeah. before that, it was just like, hey, yo, fuck, you know what I mean? I was just like, you know, rapping. You know, I used to spit my little bars and shit, uh-huh. but I wasn't like really paying attention to the lyrics. I was just like, hey, yo, 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 you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, trying to be American. You know what I'm saying? Yes, yeah, that's a really interesting way of putting it. Um, because of where you grew up and the people you were around, like hip hop was an entree into the the American culture and like all all that comes right. with that. The music, the beats, right. the fashion. Um, just being a kid and running the streets—that that seems like a familiar story. Yeah, right. Yeah, it was my, you know, it was my like adaptation off the porch. You know right. what I'm saying? Right, right, right. 
That's re- that's really cool. That's well said. Um, so let's advance it up a little bit. Maybe after Mob Deep, maybe you're in high school and you start to take the art form seriously. Like, when do you start to think of yourself as like, okay, my my personality is I'm an MC and I I, I rap every day. Like, when does that come about? Um, middle school. Okay. Middle school, me and my bro Preem, um, you know, we, we started as the gods. We was the, we was the gods. And this is before I ever got knowledge of myself, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I identify with that message, you know what I'm saying? Wu-Tang Clan and all that. Sure. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, we used to like how they was, you know, they was like, yo, these motherfuckers be calling themselves God. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So yeah. like, yo. You know, we the God. Maybe you know what I'm saying. That's our, that's our crew. We the God. Yeah, know what I'm oh, that's, yeah. I grew up. I'm a suburban white kid from San Jose, California. I I was hearing those messages and like having to decipher them from a CD I got from like uh, Columbia record sale. Like I, it was all very foreign to me. So I um I had to kind of figure out what that all meant at the time. It was very confusing but alluring at the same time. So. Um, I think like you guys were a little bit closer to the center of it and it sounds like it took your life in a whole different direction. So that's really cool to hear that that was the initial point of contact. Right. Yeah. My, my family, my family's all from New York. So for me, like, you know, you know, they, 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 the backyard was right there along the seven train, you know, I'm sleeping in a room right in the back of the house. I, you know, I wake up at three in the morning and it's fucking, you know, I, I got woke up by a fucking train going by. So that. You know, I started connecting that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and that all that all connected. But you know, when when I was in middle school, me and um me and me and my bro Cream, you know what I'm saying? We was just you know we was just fucking you know we was having a lot of fun, bro. Like, you know, we was running through the hallways, terrorizing niggas, <laughs> spitting shit, kicking beats, getting kicked out of class. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was yeah. all it was all like for the. You know, it was all hip hop shit. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. we'd be in the lunch line, kicking the beatbox, like, you know what I mean? Not giving a fuck. Absolutely. You know, just having a good time, and then you know, um, from there, just everything just started to magnetize. You know what I mean? Um, by the time I was in, I was in high school, freshman year, I started recording my my joints. You know what I mean? I yeah. started recording tracks. Um, I started fucking, you know, fucking around with little loops and shit. I take little loops. And shit from like Wu Tang tracks, and I rearrange them and shit like that. You know, yeah. I take a beat that I like, I rearrange it all up, I fuck it all up, <laughs> and make like a weird new beat out of it. You know what I'm saying? And then you know, I start I started recording little joints. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. That's that's really cool. Um, so let's. So I'll just kind of do this through my lens. The first time I heard about you was the Triple Black Diamonds record with Al Davino. And um, if you could, can you kind of tell people a little bit about who you were at that time and what you guys were trying to accomplish with that record and just give us a little bit of insight about what it was like to make it and like how it was received? Just kind of take us back to your mindset then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a, that's a great question, bro. Because um, Triple Black Diamonds, as far as I'm concerned, it's like uh, it's an essential turn point, turning point. Um as far as my uh, my direction as an artist mm-hmm. and my maturity as an artist and what I thought I what I thought um, I was, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, um, Davino, you know, Davino, me and Davino, we was cool at that, you know, at that time. Like we, you know, 
we was cool for years before that. We never did we never did not even a track. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Um, before that. But he used to come over here, um you know, that little motherfucker come over here and make like fucking fifty nine beats in like seven minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good to have a never friend like that. Yeah, he'll just come and just make them. He would just used to come and just make the beats. I, I would never rap to him or nothing. Like, he would just, you know what I'm saying? It would just come through. We just had that type of relationship. You know what I'm saying? I met him. You know what I mean? And, and like, you know, we kind of had that relationship. You know, he'd come around, you know, every 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 so often. He, you know, he'd hit me up. And we'd come through and we'd just, you know, have a good time. Uh, never take anything really too serious. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, throughout time, you know, he, he, uh, he progressed. He progressed. And, uh... Eventually, he had reached out to me around the time that he had dropped the album called 777 with my brother Paranorm. Shout out to him. Um, and, uh, you know, I thought it was crazy. From then, he hit me up and he was like, yo, check it out. I'm about to produce an album for you. And I said, I'm down. So he started sending me beats. Um, I did. I did like two or three joints. And then we kind of like took a little break, like not intentional. We just kind of just, you know, we we do things very like on the on the fly. Sure. So we kind of just for one reason or the other, we just didn't, you know, continue getting up. And or we didn't even get up. He would just email me the beats. And then at one at one point, he hit me up and he's like, "Yo, I'm about to come through. We gonna, you know, let's work on this album." He came through. We started working. He threw a verse on it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We pulled out another joint. He threw another verse on it. <laughs> we pulled out another motherfucker joint. The nigga threw two verses on it. I said, yo, this ain't even my album no more, son. Right. What are we about to do up in this motherfucker, man? <laughs> now it's our you know album. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's how it happened, bro. It was real organic, man. Like, the feeling was, you know, it wasn't a mental thing. It was all feeling. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I guess that's mental, too, but it wasn't like... It was subconscious mind that, that, sure. that manifested that triple black diamonds. Can, album, I, can I throw a term at you and you could tell me if this is how you feel about it? Uh, like, I think of it as kind of like surreal street rap or like not abstract, but I'll, I'll go with surreal. I, I think of you guys have a very interesting way of playing with the language and kind of taking a poetic angle on things where it's like, I think you get the gist that it's still street related, but there there's something more going on. Is that fair to say? Of course, yeah, yes, yeah. I mean, I always, I always listen, man. I always been like a, a, a somebody who's not been expected to achieve or to perform um, to the level of uh, of a lot of people, man. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I when I was when I was when I was in in grade school, I was real small. Like I'm talking about real small. Like when I was 12, I looked like I was six years old. Mm. You feel what I'm saying? So. Niggas would try to pick on me, you know what I'm saying? Like shit was so, you know, from the from that time, from that young age when I first exper- experienced racism and shit like that, I always wanted to be like a ninja, you know what I mean? Like, and this is me as a kid, you know, like just entering grade school, six, seven years old, eight years old, you know what I mean? Nine, ten, eleven, you know, uh, you know, right up until I got into like uh, middle school. Where I always wanted to be like a ninja, or like a, you know, like have like ill like. X-Men type of powers. Like, I felt like that. Like, that was me. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like, I wasn't the the person that was supposed to, like, be ill. But I I was, you know, I was going to be ill. You know what I'm saying? 
Yes. That's how I just felt inside. And I wasn't going to let nobody, like, really, like, you know, leave me out or downgrade my existence or nothing like that. So I could see, like, that that pretty much has something to do with my development as far as how, like, I portray my I portray this rap shit, bro. Yeah. You know, because it's like, it's like I'm writing my comic. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah, like I'm yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah, that's so cool. Um, so I'm going to advance the timeline a little bit. Um, you got, you got the mugs shout out, which I know put you on a lot of, uh, people's radars, kind of our listenership included. He, he kind of counted you as one of the MCs that's really doing it right now. So I'd love to hear what you thought about that and like where that came from. And then you have a kind of showcase track called banana yacht on West side guns, Hitler wears Hermé seven where um, I know for mm-hmm. a fact a lot of my friends were like, who's this SD Knack? And I'm like, oh, you guys are late. You got to catch up. He's dope. So God, can well, you just kind of talk about that, both of those little things and how they affected your career and just like what it was like to kind of have those moments? <clears throat> Pardon me, coronavirus. <laughs> um, <laughs> y'all don't mean no offense to anybody. No, no, it's all good, man. We got to <laughs> laugh, yeah, right? Don't mean no offense anybody <laughs> I'm trying to make light of the situation, you know? I'm with you. Um, So, you know, um, that shit was big, you know what I mean? For, for you know, Muggs shot me out. You know, that, that motherfucker was one of the best, one of the greatest, you know, one of the greatest producers of all time, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. in the Membrane was nuts. And in the Membrane, I was also in that. Remember I was telling you about them early songs? Mm-hmm. That I was like, yeah, I like this rap stuff. You know yeah. what I'm saying? in the Membrane was one of them joints. You know what I mean? So, like, you know, that shit was just, man, humbling and, and ill. You know what I mean? Muggs is, is a cool dude, man. And he didn't have to do, he didn't have to shout me out, you know. He hit me up on a personal to say, yo, you're killing it, bro. So, that shit was humbling and it was incredible. That's you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, um, the West Side Gun shit was the same, bro. Like, these, you know, you know, it's like, you know, these motherfuckers is, they, 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 they pounded the concrete until... Mm-hmm. They was respected, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, you know, Griselda deserves utmost praises, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. All them brothers, all them brothers, not just Wes, all them Griselda brothers, the, the team that he got, all them brothers is amazing brothers, man. You know what I mean? So, you know, that that shit was just, it was dope to just, you know what I mean? To just get, be a part, be a part of that, for, even if it was just for that one little bit, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Um, you know, so I work hard, G. You that, know what I mean? I, that's where I'm going with this. You have so much material, it's incredible to me. And I'm gonna I made this little illusion in the beginning, but I'll go back to it. When we when we were gonna talk a couple weeks ago, it was because Jerry Graham, the publicist, connected us and it was to talk about your new physical only release called I Wanna Fuck Jada Fire, which fire title, by the Whoa. way. Whoa. <laughs> and then by the time we get around to doing the interview. I think it was only a week and a half, two weeks. You already have a full new album called Baladas, and it's uh, produced by, um, is it Superior? So let's talk about them separately. Um, Can you tell us about the I Want to Fuck Jada Fire project? And then we'll talk about Baladas. But I want to talk about how you stay so busy and how you put out so much material in general. Like, it's just, it's inspiring. All right, cool. So let's do it. Let's do it A, B, and C. Yeah. A. Jada, I want to fuck Jada Fire. First off, it's a fact. <laughs> Need that. Need that. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Um, I'm quarantined with my wife currently, so there's a lot of jokes I would make 
if we were not in this situation, but you know, <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> well, I tell, I, tell, I, tell, I tell you what, bro, it's a great album for quarantine with your lady. <laughs> all right, all right. You know what I'm saying? It's about all that. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, me and Grubby, um, you know, we've been doing our thing uh, locally. You know what I'm saying? For a while, like you know, I knew him. He knew me. Um, we we never worked really uh on no projects before that um you know i worked with him before on, on some things um shit believe it or not years ago i'm talking like 10 years ago oh wow grubby pause grubby pause used to rap okay <laughs> and we did yeah we did a song <laughs> um but that you know we didn't really do much with that but um you know we had a you know we was cool man you know i, I fucked with him he fucked with me so um Last year, we determined that we was going to get up and start working on, on a project. So, um, you know, we just got together and started banging shit out. You know, it's real easy How to did work. you decide this one would be physical only, that you wouldn't do streaming? Are you just kind of trying to collect data and see how how each project feels and what is the right avenue to pursue with the music business changing so fast? Or was it just like you felt like, they, it wouldn't sell as much if it was also available on streaming. Or can you just talk us through the business side of it a little bit? Because it's an interesting choice. Honestly, it was like kind of like you know similar to like how Triple Black Diamonds. It was just a subconscious feeling. You know what I mean? Like so, we kind of just was like, "Yo, fam, let's just do this shit." You know what I mean? And honestly, it was after we got the artwork. Okay. After we got the artwork. After we got the artwork, it was like, "Yeah, bro. <laughs> yeah." Motherfuckers, motherfuckers is putting this shit out physical only, no digital. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We ain't releasing the artwork until the fucking tape drops. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you saw the artwork mm-hmm. and you're like, people need to own this. People need to have this. Yeah, okay. yeah. So yeah, this, is, this is you know maybe it's just because it's my shit, but this is one of the most beautiful. You know what I mean? Memorable, like pieces of art that I've seen, you know, attached to music. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. In my opinion. Um, and it's and it's racy and risky, you know what I mean? I, yeah. I just felt like I just felt like it means so much and and it would be so so like dope for the culture for me to do a physical only release. Yeah. And when I saw the artwork, bro, when the when the canvas actually came in and we was we were holding the canvas, we was like, yo, you know, I just pitched it to him. I was like, yo, grub, man, what do you think, bro? And he was like, yo, fuck it, bro. Let's, you know, do or die, son. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and that was that, man. Cool. Um, can you tell us about, I'm sorry, I'm like trying to say it right, but I think feel like in trying to say it right, I keep saying it wrong. Balalas. Balalas. You, did, hey, you said it just right. <laughs> Thanks, you know man. what I mean? <laughs> Balalas. So. Balalas. New record. Balada actually means um, it means ballads. Okay. Um, and um, it's also a play on words, you know, because bullets is is also balas. Ah, gotcha. So when I would say baladas, it's kind of like to say shootings. Uh huh. You know what I'm saying? Uh huh. But it's not like it's not really a, a proper term. Right. So it's a play on the words. Right. I'm using so my those who like, those who are meant to get it will get it. Right. Right. Because yeah, that's why you see the, the artwork. I got the the the, the balladist with the fucking bandoliers. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. Um. So you know we so uh, uh last year we started working on it. 
last year we started working on it and um I was just really getting into like a, a kind of like a, 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 a flow. After 2018, I was getting into a flow where I was like really going in on like real like emotional type production. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. production that didn't it it moved your 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 soul and made your hair stand type of production, not yeah. just the shit that made your head bob. Right. You know. Yes. That, that's the cool that difference we come right from. there. That's, yeah, that's the school that we come from, you know. Boom, Very much boom, so. Yeah. Boom, 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 and it's like, woo! You know what <laughs> I mean? And and the lyrics would bring that out. But uh-huh. now, on baladas, you know, I, I'll say, yo, man, you know, I'm uh, um, before I even came up, you know, before I even determined that we, I was going to do baladas as the album, I, w- I had already been saying that, like, yo, my shit, I'm doing, I'm doing rap ballads. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 what I would call novella music. I did the project called Novella okay. um, in 2018. I was like, this is novella music. And novella sure. is the telenovelas, right. which is like the, the Spanish, the Latin soap operas. Right. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Which, you know, every Hispanic, you know, that's a part of your life. If you were <laughs> Hispanic growing up in America, Telemundo, Univision. Yeah. Yo, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you were familiar with the the Spanish soap operas and they would always have this ill music in the background when the motherfuckers would be like, when well, a bitch would be like, yo, I'm pregnant and the child's not yours. <laughs> and it's like, bah, 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 bah. <laughs> Yep. That's you feel amazing. me? Yeah, dude, that's hilarious. <laughs> hey, yo, the baby's not yours. It's Ricardo. <laughs> <laughs> and it was so tough, much dude. words in that music without words being said. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you know, the the words will be done, and then they'll drop that music, and that music will just bring that whole feeling of what that person just said into a full circle. So, yeah, I felt like I, you know, like I I started bridging that gap. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. I felt like I started bridging that gap. I was, you know, influenced by guys like Rock. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Cuz he, you know, he had the courage. Now mind you, I did joints like endless joints like way before. Sure. But like but Rock, you know what I mean? He made that like, nah, this I could put you know, uh, 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 you know, a quarter of my album might be something that got absolutely no drum action or very minimal drums. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. you know, I, you gotta you gotta give respect where it due. You know, Rock Absolutely. was a trailblazer, and he was brave enough to, you know what I mean, artistically brave enough to just rap over sounds that he liked. You know what I mean? So, I felt, you know, I, I felt I could expand on that from my perspective as, you know, a, 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 a so-called Latino sure. that grew up listening to these fucking. You know these 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 Latin ballads, these Latin pop rock ballads from yeah. the sixties and seventies, totally, and the motherfucking telenovelas and shit like that. So it all it all kind of just made sense for me to just assume that position. You yeah, know, people that... been talking about Dominicans for a long time in rap, right? You know what I mean? Domin- uh, 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 what is it? Uh, sick of these Dominicans eating good. Had to shoot my way up out of bed. Dominicans have been talked about. Forever, sure. but we haven't had that Dominican MC to talk about why they was talking about them. Oh wow, that's really interesting. Absolutely, and you're you know, here to fill that void. I'm here to fill that void. You know what I'm saying? Big Pun came to give y'all the true Boricua New Yorkian experience. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I felt you know, like you know, listen, I gotta be, I gotta be me. You know what I'm saying? Represent Dominicans, man, because mm-hmm. we've been mentioning hip hop for a long time. 
but that has a, that, that rapper that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, don't get twisted. The beat nuts, fight them motherfuckers. Absolutely. All, all praise do the beat nuts. You know Absolutely. what I'm saying? I don't want to count them out or disqualify them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but we're in a new era. Know, and I, Psycho Less is still active. We talked to him last year. He did a full album for Cool Keith. He's great. But yeah, your your music is different. And like the, the way you approach and just the your... You, you you use so many words. Like I was just listening to Baladas earlier and it's like a torrent of rhymes. It's just like, it's just comes at you. And so you can describe the experience, I think in a different way and in a more modern way. Like we're, we're out of the nineties. It's now, right? So it's time to like speak up, speak on it in a different way. That's my opinion. Right. I mean, I feel the same way. Cause you know, <laughs> we got more access to information now mm-hmm. in the years. In them years, hip hop was like a nation. You know what I'm saying? So, um, the beat nuts was just mad fun to listen to. You know what I mean? Like Absolutely. you just listen to the beat nuts and you wild out, you crack a bottle. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't really so much about the lyrics. It was, you know, it was just like yo, the fun, the beats. You know what I mean? Everything was just like it was the experience of just having a good time with the beat nuts, bugging out, being silly, having a good time. You know what I'm saying? And you know, uh, uh, uh. uh Street fun, you know what I mean? Because, you know, us, us Hispanics, we always been like the comedian funny niggas right. in the hip-hop world. Right. For some reason, us Hispanic, Noriega, Big Pun, we're like, you know, niggas got jokes, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And we just, it's, you know, we like to make light of a lot of shit. Absolutely. So, you know, the beatness, you know, they had that, like, vibe, you know what I'm saying? It yes. Just, it, it's, it's real fun, you know what I mean? I like to keep that alive as well, but I also, you know, you know, I... My my um, where I, where I feel I'm at my best is really just you know kicking that kicking that real street slang. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I was gonna say I, and, I haven't listened to all of your music. There's a lot of it. I try to keep up, but it but it's hard. And uh, funny is not the main thing that I've drawn from it. I think it's like really dope use of terms, language, and vivid vivid description, which I'm really into. Like I like a, a novelist level of detail, and I feel like I get that from a lot of your tracks, which is like that's what kind of appeals to your to me as your art you know what i mean right um can we just talk a little bit and i do need to wrap it up i've got somebody i need to call in a sec and it's been great to talk to you can you just talk about like how what the grind is like these days when you just are always recording and how do you figure out when a project is done and just kind of like what's the grind like for a an mc such as yourself who's just always making new art um, sometimes it's tough, um, you know, cause naturally you got to live life, you know, to do what I do. You no, know, as far as I'm concerned, I'm, I can't speak for nobody else. As far as I'm concerned to do what I do, I have to also live life. Mm-hmm. You know, I have, you gotta have to have things to, to talk like, about, right? I have to soak up that, that, that nectar mm-hmm. so that I could squeeze, squeeze, you know what I'm saying? And, 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 and release. So, you know, sometimes I'm, you know, I'll say I'm gonna get in the booth tonight, and I won't. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, right. And sometimes I, I'll, you know, I'll go two, three, four, five days, and I didn't do shit. And I said I was gonna do this, that, and the third, and I just won't. Other times I'll say I ain't doing shit this whole week, but I'm in there four or five days out of the week banging out a track or two a day. Right. You know, so it's 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 all it's all based on like really how I'm feeling, bro. It's, sure. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like I said, sometimes it's easier than others. Um, you know, when it's stuff like features and shit like that, you know, if I, if I'm getting paid, I'm gonna get the job done regardless. Yeah. Of how I feel. 
you know that's the inspiration um, right there <laughs> yeah oh yeah yeah the money will motivate the money will motivate oh man on you that know? note thank you for doing this very free interview um with the dad bod rap pod i've been wanting to talk to you for a while so when the opportunity arose i jumped at it and uh yeah man you're killing it you're uh i think you're an mc's mc and i think you're really really good at this and i just like thank you for what you're putting out there and um we're listening Dope, dope, man. I appreciate you for having me, man. Uh, you know, conversation was good. Good. I'm glad, you know I, I'm glad it worked out. Thank you very much. And uh, I'll tag you when uh, when things are going to come out and all that. But I just wanted to say I hope you and your family are well and surviving this uh, this troubling time. And just thanks a lot. Hey, appreciate you, my brother. All right. Thanks, SD. Peace. Yes, sir. Peace. Dad bod rap pod. Um, we're in shelter under place conditions, so I'm here by myself. But I'm talking to an awesome guest, producer Spectacular Diagnostics. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Cool. Thanks, Thanks for, for doing me. it. Yeah, man, it's cool. We've been wanting to talk for a little bit, and now that everyone has nothing to do, it's uh, no time <laughs> like the present, huh? No, exactly. I'm, I'm home. Yeah, same. Um, and it's this is a good way to break up the monotony, I have to say. Um, so. I I know a little bit about you, but I'd like to kind of illustrate it for the listeners. Um, you had a whole career before this under a different alias, um, also doing hip hop production. Can you tell us a little bit about how you got started and what what you were kind of like vibe you were on earlier? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I recorded earlier as uh, Ear Mint, um, and uh, you know, it was just it was the time when. I think like, you know, Stone's Throw and a lot of people were really kind of coming into their own, like really late 90s, early 2000s. So it was definitely kind of in that realm. And then like early 2000s in Chicago, there was uh, Chocolate Industries started up and that was like a big thing for Chicago. And um, I did a song with Diverse, who was on that label and just kind of through random people met some other, you know, dudes. And, uh, I, I was just making beats. I didn't know nearly as much as I do now in terms of, you know, being smart on the industry side of it. Right, but, right, uh, right. got to learn those lessons the hard way, huh? No, I did. Yeah. Very, very much so. Yeah. <laughs> what was the ear mint sound? Like, what were you, what were you doing? Who were you working with? Like, what was that was- like? it was pretty similar in that with the exception of like, you know, beats per minute being different. I mean, it was like, there was the stuff I was doing on my own that I was considering like solo work that was maybe a bit more expansive, definitely influenced by like, you know, shadow and, you know, LP and RJD two. And some of these guys were doing like the heavy sample stacking kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, there were just like friends of mine that I was like making, recordings with all the time that we just had like our little crews and stuff that you know didn't didn't do nearly as well but was you know it was fun sure yeah so at, at i live in san jose california and i did back then mm-hmm. too and i was a big underground hip-hop head and like tried to keep up basically through like sandbox automatic and like early yeah, yeah. message board culture and like when i think of that time in chicago 
I it kind of starts with Mole Men, like oh, of that, course, like, yeah. Um, Return of the Mole Men twelve, mm-hmm. where they had people on there was like really big for me, and so um, and then later it kind of morphed into like the um that you mentioned it earlier. Is it um what's the label called where they diverse was one of the main acts? It was, yeah, it was, it was Chocolate Industries. Chocolate Industries. Thank you. I always miss or uh, uh, think of them as also. Didn't they verge on kind of like IDM territory as well? It definitely had a bit of that correct like, you technique kind of like yeah. style. Um, like what I think of as like Miami IDM and the hip hop yep. kind of a vein. Okay, push cool. button objects. Yes, all of thank that. you. Yeah, That's yeah. the that was the one I was looking for. So, um, was that what what was around at the time, or can you give us kind of a locals view of um, what was cracking at that time? I mean, Molemen were definitely like they were the big movers you know like those guys they you know they they had ties to like one of the big local record stores which was gramophone and i think um i think uh, pns and panic both worked there and i think they were like doing the buying and you know certainly like the first mole men record was um it was big for me you know like i really liked it you know but those guys were always just like i didn't know them <laughs> so sure, it was sure, kind sure. of like they were kind of like you know a bit in the cool kids zone um and then like the chocolate industries thing kind of happened just because i had a friend of a friend who ended up being diverse as dj you know okay. so um but yeah molemen where they were basically they were the big thing it was like molemen galapagos four had their own thing going right. on and there was like a bunch of other stuff and i was working with a, a label called birthright and then eventually yeah. EV Records. Alan is one so. of my like very good friends, and like yeah, we, yeah, we yeah. record this show in the back of his shop currently. Not right, not today, but yeah. Um, so that's that's cool. You guys know each other. Um, I've been have... to his place. Oh, not nice. in San Jose, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, so yeah, so then you stopped producing for a while, right? Yeah, it was just kind of like life got in the way, or. Yeah, I think I just got burned out on it. You yeah. know, I think I think there was a point where I really thought I was going to like blow up or something. You know, mm-hmm. I was just like just to get in my own head like, oh, yeah, you're going to have it. You're going to be in a Saturn commercial. And, you know, and when that didn't happen and I think when um when everything kind of like slowed down in terms of selling CDs mm-hmm. and physical merchandise and when that shift happened to blog. I just wasn't with it, you know, like I didn't, I didn't follow it. And then like, once you fall out of it, like you fall out of it fast. Sure. Um, so that's why when I started up again, I was like, all right, I'm going to do something totally removed from anything I did. I like, I didn't even, I didn't tell anyone that I had worked with before that I was doing it. Oh, how interesting. I just started emailing people. Like the first person I emailed was like Jeremiah J. Cause I had, you know, come across the stuff and I liked it. And I was like, right. Hey, would you want to do a song? And I must have caught him in a good mood because he wanted to. <laughs> I sent him some beats, uh, and from there it kind of snowballed, you know. Yeah, that's cool, man. So, on the show, I think it was in our um, an early episode this year, and I can never mm-hmm. remember because I don't really listen to the show whether this made it on mic or not. But I'm pretty sure it did. We have this <clears> conception <throat> of what we call the vanguard. It's like the the MCs who are really doing it right now. It's like Billy yeah, yeah. Woods, um, mm-hmm. Rap Ferreira, Quelle Chris, mm-hmm. Elucid, like um, yeah. 
you know, it, it to, for us, it kind of extends to like a rock Marciano and the whole, like, yep. that whole movement, all of Griselda. It's just like the MCs who are just killing it right now. And whether yeah. or not they have anything in common is like up for discussion. And I would love to discuss it with you since we're on the phone. But your your project, um, your spectacular mm-hmm. diagnostics project does a pretty good job of capturing this really interesting slice of the MCs who are like what we consider the vanguard. So I, I yeah. just, I've always thought that it was a really interesting project and I'd love to hear about how you went about kind of selecting people to have on the, on the record. Um, but I also just wanted to see like, w- w- were you thinking that or were you just like, these are people I have connections with and this is what I think I can get. Or like, how did you go about putting the project together? I mean, yeah, it was, it was obviously there was a wish list, and I think uh, Billy Woods was the first, I really wanted to get Billy on it. And then like, I looked, you know, like how could I even get in touch with him? You know? And I, I think I probably went through the label, went through his manager and I attached a beat and then he liked it. So he got back to me. Yeah. But Billy, Billy was kind of like the linchpin where I was like, if I get Billy on it, then I don't feel bad. If like, you know, about getting someone else on it that like I might spend some money on, you know? So like I was just trying, Quelle, I had worked with, previously okay so i reached out to him you know again and and he was like yeah i could you know i could i could do it again you know like he wasn't gonna like charge me any more money you know years on even though he's like bigger or whatever which so he's a super uh, you know talented mc and the fact that he would even do that is is you know amazing yeah that's so. awesome. I'm a big Vic Spencer guy too. I know you guys are both from Chicago. Was there a yeah, relationship yeah. there or was that just kind of an email reach out? At, at first it was. And when I did it and then I knew like, I, I have like, you know, friends and acquaintances that know him and they're like, why did you email his manager? I could have just talked to him for you. I'm like, <laughs> I didn't want to do it. You know, I'm like, I just yeah. wanted to like handle it on my own. Yeah. Um, I get that. And like, did, you know, like written articles for the past 20 years, but won't call myself a journalist. And, uh, I always like, I always try to go the cold email route first and then like, be like, I wanted to do it on my own terms. And people keep telling me that's yeah. not a thing anymore. <laughs> it is though. I mean, yeah. when you do it, it's like, it's like, it feels like a, a bit more of a moral victory. And that's kind of like how I, I can't really think of an artist that I've worked with that I didn't get a hold of through yeah. a cold email right didn't you know insti- whether didn't instigate the process on your own terms no yeah i did it you know like whether it was west side gun or any of those guys you know like it was just like i right right place right time when i when i reached out to them yeah absolutely that's cool man so um how did the release go it's such a weird time to talk about music because <clears throat> it's like you put files on the internet how'd that go for you right right <laughs> Well, I, I put them on wrong. Uh, that's how it went. <laughs> I, I, I put them up on Bandcamp and uh, I, I set up the pre-order, but I like screwed something up with it. And when I put it up, the first couple people that bought it, like got the whole thing. Mm. And then a day later, it was on like hiphopbootleggers.net and all these people are downloading it. I was like, oh, damn it. Like, like right. I just like... F- fine and i just I put appear it out to have bootlegged myself <laughs> right and and now that like we're obviously in this in, insane health crisis going right. on the original release date was supposed to be april 10th and that's when it's going to hit spotify and apple and all of that i see and like it actually kind of worked out because it's like you got it you... out in a world that doesn't even exist anymore when people cared about music right 
<laughs> you know, so it was just like right weird you know it's really weird that's pretty crazy i did not know that i guess i could because i'm i you know we've emailed a little bit i was kind of aware that it was weird but i didn't know why and like some you know we're lucky enough that people send us music so once i download it i kind of just stop paying attention to the (laughs) yeah emails and the machinations of it but um it's it's a very very good project i think you should be really proud of it like um it's it's like it's one it's right up our alley so thank you and two i just think it's like if you're gonna make a splash and kind of reemerge from a, like a hiatus. It's kind of cool to do it with like high, high profile guests. And I'm sure it wasn't easy to put that all together, but I think it did make it resonate in the way a beat tape or like something a little yeah. bit more personal wouldn't. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, it's like, I think if you're going to do stuff like this is the third production record I did where it has like a lot of MCs on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I and after every one i always say i'm not gonna do another one right um and then this one i just like i was just like oh, screw it you know like there's enough people that were willing to do it that were like just hungry and that as long as you you know offer something fair and amicable and you're gonna give people like uh splits and stuff then you know they're willing to work so that's raw studies we're talking about um and so you also seem to be kind of weathering the global pandemic here by being productive and putting out music. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about like your approach to that? Um, just trying to uh, stay sane. Um, I think like a lot of people, you know, like it's, it's super anxiety inducing. Very much um, so. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm in a really fortunate situation in that I work for a company as a graphic designer that, you know, we don't work with, um, clients, you know, I'm in house. So, and we're, and we're kind of involved in a lot of healthcare. So Mm. us just switching to work from home and doing some of these things is, you know, something where we can do that, you know, whereas like, and everyone else is like in this situation where it's so much uncertainty, you know, it's whether, you know, it's, it's happened with my wife's company, it's just happening everywhere and you're, you're seeing it, whether, whether it's someone who's an artist or, uh, you know, or, or involved in any kind of the entertainment industry or, or hospitality industry, like it's, just, this is crazy. Yes, this is, is. this is it's so nuts. Unprecedented. And one, one thing that's kind of giving me comfort is no one knows is go- what's going to happen. Like, I'm not alone in my anxiety or fear or, like, lack of knowledge. Like, I kind of, like, felt like I had shit kind of wired before. Like, I was like, I know who I am. I know what I'm doing. I know what this is. And now the kind of moorings have just been removed from underneath us and we're all floating trying to figure out what's next. So, you know, that's both extremely anxiety-inducing and weirdly comforting for me. Yeah, it's both. I mean, for, you know, it's just, you know, like, like you working from home today, you know, I go take a walk with my wife and we're just like, and, you know, people are walking by because, you know, we're on, we're on a, you know, a lock-in in Illinois, but you're like, you can go walk around yeah, a bit. It's the exact so, same situation. Like, I don't know if you do that too. We build it around lunch. Like we have lunch together yeah, and yeah. then we go take a walk. This is my exact life right now. Exactly. And you're taking a walk and someone's kind of coming and like both of the, the parties are like really trying to avoid totally, each other. And totally. I've walked in the street much more than ever. And I live like a block away from a fairly busy street. I'll just walk into the middle of a busy street rather than be near a human. Right. You're right. It's yeah, it's just um, 
this is why I'm releasing stuff. It's just, it's kind of like outside of the work I have to do and outside of this, you know, it's like, at least it's something that's like, it's a positive distraction. That's a really Um, good way of putting it. Yeah. You know, it's like, and if it's something that like, and I don't feel bad, like I'm pressing people to be like, Oh, spend your money on me because I'm only like charging a buck. So I'm not like, like a, I don't feel like I'm taking money out of another artist's mouth right? because I'm not charging something, you know, higher for it. Right. And then, and then B, I feel like I'm giving something for relatively, for base almost free, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, it, that's, that's an interesting way to put it. And I think, um, like, do you have plans to kind of keep pushing with that or was this old stuff that you're that you're kind of digging out of files or are these like fresh off the oven kind of like new beats there's a bit of both i mean the the one tape that was the sixth track one that was called um six dimensions that was like i've been working on a record for uh a label called group brazil that's out of the UK. Okay. And I've been sharing tracks with the guy who, who kind of runs the label Moriarty. He's, he's a very good producer in his own right. And then like some of those were tracks that he was like, ah, I don't think it fits with this. Um, but then there was also ones that I was making for this other tape, which was this kind of bleak <laughs> synthy tape. And then like, once those came together, I'm like, I need to put this out now. This is not the time for me working on bleak music yeah <laughs> like, like, get that. Um, you don't want to swim in that like right those those dark waters right now you just want to like I, do something a little bit more upbeat <laughs> right like it doesn't have to be like ridiculously peppy but i don't right. have to you know be in a you know cannibal ox dystopian hell uh we get enough escape, of that watching know? the news my friend right so yeah i like basically just took it and like all right i'm gonna put that out and then the new one the um what do I even call five up? (laughs) Uh, That was just like five beats. I I feel a little better that I don't remember the titles that you don't remember the titles. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I was like, I'm like, you know, the new one. (laughs) Well, I think the, the, the folder was originally called like five gems or something like that. I'm like, you know, so yeah, no, I'm gonna, I'll see how long I can keep it up. I mean, right now I'm, I'm kind of just riding this adrenaline. Yeah, no, I hear that. Um, I, every producer we have on, I try to center the interview with one question, which is to let them talk about their gear. Um, mm-hmm. so please tell us like, what's the current rig? Like, what are you using? Has it evolved over time? Like just kind of give people a peek into your studio. Sure. It's a, I'm sitting right by it. It's just pretty unimpressive. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a, an old MacBook pro from like 2000 and three or four mm-hmm. running a ver- thick <laughs> right there's thick um but i haven't touched the operating system since 2005 wow. to keep it running right yeah i'm running a version of logic express which isn't even the full version wow. uh, <laughs> i got a technique turntable and a small mackie board wow that's and it, an man. m audio that's it and that's then amazing. if i did yeah i just i like working minimal you know i kind of i like I never did stuff with, you know, uh, an SP or an MP or anything like that, which kind of, I 
like I always feel like self-conscious about that. Like it's like, oh, it's not, it's not real. You know, you're not doing it, you know, with the gear. It's like, right. yeah. I think it, one it, of the right. great things about the current moment is that those rules we all grew up with that we took so seriously when you, we were younger do not exist anymore. And we do not have to hold ourselves to these imaginary standards. Well, yeah. And, and what I always look at it is like when I was working as earmint and stuff and when I did play stuff to people who were working with that gear um and i was working with this ancient software called studio vision pro back then like no one knew no one would hear it and go oh yeah that's a computer and then right. and i think that's what i always liked about recording on the computer is like i'm going to use a computer but i don't want anyone to know i don't want them to have like the faintest idea that this was just like done on a computer you know what i mean that's interesting and like as someone who's relatively new to your work i had heard of earmint and probably heard a few tracks given some of my my friends in that realm but like yeah yeah um i'm like listened much more closely to your new stuff and like i Mm -hmm. one i don't think it matters and two i never would have been able to tell like um is it dope or not that's literally the only line right now Right, exactly. Like, you know, and and I like the limitations of using the software that Logic Express, it definitely has effects and stuff, but it's Mm -hmm. not like new effects that you could really go down rabbit holes with. So I prefer treating the software almost like I have an endless four track. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I could just stack and stack and stack, you know? Yes. Sorry, I'm just writing that down. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can say a little phrase I like. I have to write it down. Uh, just in life, but it's come in really handy when I have to title these episodes when I'm frantically uh, trying to oh, yeah, post them sure. on Thursdays. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that's cool, man. Um, what, what, uh, what's we kind of talked about? What's next for you? Like, um, do do you think you'll kind of resolicit um, raw studies on on April 10th, or like you just gonna let it? kind of come out on Spotify and stuff. Are you expecting a bump? I guess uh, I'm trying to figure out a better way of asking that. Oh yeah. No, I mean, it definitely, I mean, like I kind of have to run like two different ways that I'm running the campaign now, especially because it leaked, but like I'll put something out on Bandcamp first and then I'll put it out on Spotify. I mean, I'll probably do it both the same day for like something for a label. Right. But, um, you know, Spotify, I'm trying to be a, better about running the account or saying like making sure there's enough time for things like i just put out like the billy woods track as a single Mm -hmm. and like it's actually performing really well on spotify because i did it the right way right um you know whereas before like you kind of put it up on these sites and i just like didn't know how to do it as well where it's like the things that really matter like getting the songwriting credits in and getting this and that you know right so that so that way you know spotify deems it more legitimate you know sure and the the i'm glad you put that that way it made me think of something i wanted to ask you which was um it seems like if you you didn't really worry about like classic like song structure so much on this Mm -hmm. record it was like if you got a hot verse and it went with the loop you you did that as the song and there there are a variety of lengths and approaches to song construction was that like kind of like did that come from the the resource of like, I just have this one verse from this guy or was it what you had in mind? Can you just kind of walk us through that? Yeah, I think that's just kind of the attention span now. You know, honestly, sure. it's like, that's just how things do, you know, nowadays sort of like if I make a beat, 
and I sequence it out, usually only sequence it out for about two minutes. Mm-hmm. And that's what I shoot to somebody. And then I see what they come back with. And right. it's usually like a 20, 24 bar verse, mm-hmm. or it's like a 16 and a slight hook. And mm-hmm. I think now that's just kind of the style, you know, and, and I don't have a problem with it. You know, I think it's people having adapted, you know, certain albums that have more traditional songs on them are just treated a bit differently. You know, Absolutely. I think, um, yeah, I, I think of that, um, that recent posthumous, uh, Gangstar record. It's probably like yeah. the only like classical rap record I've listened to more than once in the last little while. And that was, you know, like late-ish last year. But it's yeah. um, you're kind of, and you know, it's not like oh this is too long. It's like I could listen to Gangstar all day and often do. But sure. um, it's it's not the wave now, and it makes it stand out in a different way. It's like oh wow, this is this is how it used to be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's like the record I I put out earlier this year that I produced for um, Kid Acne. Um, we did it that called? way. Oh, it's called Have a Word. Okay. Cool. And it came out on yet. I'm gonna check it out. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it's cool. I mean, it's definitely like you know, kid, kid Acne and I are both older, and it's kind of like you know, like a b boy feeling. A lot of quicker tempos, uh, and definitely, and the mix is different. You know, we we did it all. You know, multi track and everything, which I like generally don't do. Mm. Um, So yeah, no, it came out on Lex in uh, September. So. So that was that was a fun one to do. You know, I, I went to the UK the previous year and we worked on some of the mixes. Um, yeah, it was, uh, we got more in the works. That's too, awesome. You know? and I, am I mixing up people or is he a visual artist as well? He is. Okay. Did yeah, yeah. Do the, the drawings for those choral records back in the day? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Same guy. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You do my research a little bit on his music. I have just always thought of him as the guy who had those cool, fun drawings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, he's, um, you know, I was a fan of his artwork, and I reached out to him when I was working on the record Avant Raw because I wanted to collage together a lot of, like, cartoonists that I like, their mm. work, and graffiti artists into, this, into the cover. So I asked for him to do some tags. So he did those, and I, and I mocked him up and everything. And then from there, I just kind of shared music with him and it, it just kind of snowballed where like yeah maybe we'll make a song and i sent him more beats and then we recorded more and they're like maybe this is an ep hmm. maybe this is an album yeah maybe this is you know what i mean yeah that's cool man um all right uh, that's kind of what i wanted to talk about it was nice to talk to you for sure um the raw studies is is really dope man like that's that's a really really good record i think um That'll... Raw, uh, sorry. Well, I mean, I, I do think Raw Studies is dope. But Raw Unknown is Raw the new unknown. one. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry. Um, no, you're good. Yeah. Um, should have should have written all this down or at least had a tab up. But I'm having yeah, yeah, technical no, issues. I... Thank you for correcting me on that. Too too many similar titles. <laughs> I didn't say it. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, it's it's an easy way to like not have to think about it. Yeah, this is raw stuff. Totally. Raw. Just raw keep... peanut butter, you know, raw <laughs> keep it in a keep it in a format so you don't have to think yeah, yeah. about it. Well, cool, man. Appreciate you being on. Um, we will keep an eye out for um, all of your various releases. It's like it's cool to see you being so productive and um, just get, you feel like a new producer. But I think now we know and the listeners know you are not. You, you've been around for a it's minute like... and you've got a substantial body of work that people can go and explore. Yeah. 
I'm old. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) You're wise, right? (laughs) There you go. There you go. All right. Uh, Spectacular Diagnostics, thank you for being on the show. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. Peace. All right. Later. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.